Considering that their in-state rivals ended up winning it all instead, you might have forgotten that the number 12 team in the 24-7 Sports Summer Top 25 entered conference championship weekend with a chance to become the first two-loss team to make the college football playoff. It's July 2nd, my name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. 2017 was a big year for the Auburn Tigers, who surpassed the 8-win mark and won the SEC West, doing each for the first time since 2013. But some key losses on both sides of the football might make it difficult for Gus Malzahn's team to stay at that level. Joining us now to preview Auburn's 2018 season is Brandon Marcello of Auburn Undercover. Brandon, last year from Auburn, we saw a defense that was top five nationally, according to S&P Plus, and an offense that was okay, but definitely didn't show up at all in three of the Tigers' four losses. It's kind of weird to look at the calendar and think how long it's been since we've seen Auburn produce a high-powered offense under Gus Malzahn, but with Jarrett Stidham coming back for one last ride, how likely do you think it is that he can be the guy to get the Tigers back to that level, and does he have the supporting cast to help him pull it off? I think he's got you know, the ingredients. I, I don't know if he's got the complete uh, you know, stew made yet. Um, he's got the receivers. Jared Stim's obviously got the, the arm talent. I think they've got the play calling and the system. But uh, I just have questions at running back. They lose two, their last two 1,000-yard rushers to the NFL and uh, Cameron Petway and Kerryon Johnson, and they got to find new starters there. Their offensive line is probably the weakest link in the entire team. They're still trying to figure out who's going to be a right tackle, and even at the other starter spots, there's some experience, but not exactly you know, uber-talented, though they could be just fine uh, by the middle of the season. Um, but there were times last season where you're – watching this team and it was very explosive. They could do what they wanted. And then there are other times you just scratched your head and couldn't figure out what was going on. And, you know, I specifically think of the uh, trip to LSU earlier in the season where they couldn't do anything in the second half. They opened up the game, you know, with a 21 nothing lead or something like that, just absolutely blew the doors off to LSU and then couldn't do anything after that and lost in the final three minutes. It was just a debilitating loss, a horrible loss. Then they play uh, Georgia in the SEC championship game. Couldn't do anything. Uh, and Jared Stidham really struggled down the stretch. Yeah, I think in the last two or three games, he had fumbles all inside the red zone or just outside the red zone in crucial moments that honestly could have changed the outcome of that SEC championship game because Auburn could have built a, uh, a big lead. Um, a two-touchdown lead or a 10-point lead, I think, at the time against Georgia, and that would have changed the collection of the game. But then they just kept turning the ball over. And then against UCS, same thing. Turnovers, and the offense kind of sputtered at times before they made a comeback and ended up losing 34-27. So I think they have, they have the ingredients. It's just, you know, can they figure out the running back spot? Can they be more consistent, um, you know, holding on to the football and all that offensive line? Uh, hold things together. Definitely some key players for Auburn to replace this offseason, particularly in the defensive secondary. Brandon, what's the confidence level on Auburn's end on their ability to replace some of those players without suffering too much of a drop-off? Yeah, they actually feel pretty great. Um, You know, the two safety spots is really where the the concern was, but they feel good about the players that were 
playing behind the two starters last season, Trey Matthews and Steven Roberts. Um, they're gone, but they really like Daniel Thomas. They've got a freshman coming in by the name of Smoke Monday, who's very, very good. Uh, Jeremiah Denson, who is a veteran guy, had to sit out a season after he suffered major shoulder and knee injuries in 2015, but he's a veteran guy, can play nickel, we could play corner, or he could play safety, very versatile, and I kept being told that he was the most impressive player for them at any position on defense uh, during the spring, so he could be there in center. They feel very good about this defense, even with those questions in the secondary, but they feel like everything's going to come together there. The defensive line is as deep and as good as it's been uh, in the Gus Malzahn era. Position coach Ronnie Garner has done a fantastic job recruiting and building depth these last six recruiting classes. Last year, they were successful uh, as a defense because of the, of the defensive line. And I think they're going to be even better this year. But they have to replace uh, Jeff Holland, the uh, Buck pass rusher who had uh, double-digit sacks last season. T.D. Moultrie, who is his backup, is likely going to be the starter there. And I don't necessarily believe they're going to have a big drop-off if at all, just because that position has been set up as such that they've had a lot of success no matter who steps in there. The last two guys that have stepped in there, Carl Lawson and then Jeff Holland, both had double-digit sacks. Very talented players, of course. Holland went undrafted this past year. But I think T.D. Moultrie might be the most explosive player since Carl Lawson they've had at that position. So they feel good there. And they are legitimately too deep at every position on defense right now, other than maybe the safety spots where they don't necessarily know who would be the backups. But there's not much drop-off between the starters and the along that defensive line. And they're going to stay fresh, and they're really, really going to wear opponents down. And I think they're going to terrorize some folks, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, this upcoming season up front. South Point Casino has set the over-under on Auburn's regular season win total at 9.0. As things stand today, would you be inclined to take the over or the under? I'd take the under. If I if I was setting the line, I'd probably put it like at 8.5. I'd probably get more money moving. But, um, you know, it, it's difficult to say. That, I mean, listen, any SEC team always has a difficult schedule. But Auburn has a particularly difficult schedule because – it has to open the season against Washington, which should be a top 10 or top 15 team. Since the SEC has expanded and since uh, there was that hiccup in the schedule where Auburn had to go on the road to both Georgia and Alabama or host both of them, Auburn's never defeated one or the other when they had to go on the road to face both opponents. So, you know, if that trend continues, that's two losses already. And then you've got some coin toss games that I, I believe that are on the schedule and the and Texas A&M that comes to Auburn, um, you know, the road team in the A&M Auburn series has never lost, which is very strange. Road team won every game. And then you got to go to Mississippi State. Those are two coin toss games, and you open the season against Washington. So I could see worst-case scenario in my mind would be uh, a five-loss season where they're seven and five. But, I think this is a team that's capable of winning anywhere between eight uh, and 11 games, somewhere in that range. I don't quite know yet where, but I would say eight to 11. And if the line's right now at nine, I'd say just under that, because I think it'll be, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not too high on them getting to the nine winner 
chin win plateau because they had just have so many tough games and plus having to go to Georgia and that Alabama at the end of the season is going to be extremely tough. If Auburn does indeed hit the upper end of that range you've laid out there, 11 wins, 11-1, and one, depending on who the one is against and how the tiebreakers fall, might be good enough to get back to the SEC title game. If Auburn's going to be that kind of team, what kind of breaks will they need to catch? What kind of developments do you think we'll need to see on the team in order for them to hit those kinds of levels in 2018? Uh, Jared Sims has to for 3,500 or maybe 4,000 yards. They have to have a 1,000-yard rusher or at least two 800 to 700-yard rushers that are really balanced. Um, the offensive lines, obviously, as a result of all that, has to come together. Uh, the defense has to be a little bit better than it was last season. I know you mentioned the S&P, but, you know, there, there were some moments there where they struggled defending the run late in the season. Uh, they didn't quite get to the quarterback as much as they wanted and, and disrupt these elite quarterbacks that they faced. they got to get better play out of the defensive line, even though it was great last season. If it could be elite this year, that's really going to carry them. If all that comes together for them, I think it's possible that they can get to that 11-win area and uh, reach the SEC title game once again. But as I said, there's a lot of ingredients, but we just don't know what they're going to get when they mix it all together and whether they're missing uh, that pinch of salt, that pinch of pepper that you really need to make sure everything tastes well. Brandon, I'm really excited about Driving Planes, the new video interview series with Gus Malzahn. You've recently launched on AuburnUndercover.com. Give the folks at home a quick elevator pitch on what the series is all about and where they can go to make sure that they don't miss a single minute of it. Yeah, you know, I you always have great conversations when you're traveling on the road. Um, sometimes you get to know folks that you maybe haven't really got to know a lot. And you have no other choice other than to sleep or talk when you're in the car with someone. So I, I kind of wanted to take it out of coaches and Auburn people out of their comfort zone, put them in my car, put me at the wheel and determine where we're going. And then also the line of questioning and the schedule, you know, and how everything's going to be going, how long they're in the car. So um, it's the rare time that a reporter has power over the coach. Um, you know, not, I'm not on their turf, so to speak. I'm not in their office. I'm not in their press conference. So that was kind of my idea. Plus it loosens people up a little bit. And with Gus Malzahn, uh, I think it definitely loosened him up. We have part one go up uh, this week. We're going to have two more parts go up at the very least, maybe three more. Um, uh, my first episode, we actually did with Bruce Pearl, and he was fantastic. That's still up at AuburnUndercover.com. But I, I think what this, this series is going to do uh, for Gus Malzahn, you're going to see a different side of him that you haven't quite seen. Uh, I straight up ask him, hey, why are you so paranoid? Um, some great, great answers, some great reactions. And uh, I think even if you're not an Auburn fan, you'd be interested to, to, to watch it and go check it out. And uh, you can check that all out at auburn.247sports.com or auburnundercover.com. Brandon Marcello is editor and senior writer for Auburn Undercover. You can find him on Twitter at bmarcello. The Morning Blitz gives you all the college football news you need in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package once per weekday. Or at least every weekday my four-month-old son stops screaming long enough for me to interview someone. You can subscribe to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your podcast receptacle of choice. 
For each installment of the Summer Top 25, there is a companion article over on 247sports.com with additional commentary and analysis that you did not get on the podcast. Next up are the number 11 Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> 